Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. Um, I'm not going to do my normal intro to this one. This one is an amazing episode. I have Brian with me. Brian is from Drink the Movies podcast. That's his his movie podcast. And then his other podcast is one of the greatest podcasts out there for anything Star Wars related. His Drink to the Movies is a great podcast too. But Old Republic podcast. Um, he goes in. Uh, him him and his co-hosts they go in here and they take care of Star Wars. Nice little Republican. Anything that's surrounding Star Wars with this podcast. Uh, the great thing about this is that uh, it takes a lot to be a Star Wars fan. Um, and nothing against you trackies out there. Um, you guys have whatever you have. But Star Wars is more than just a religion. It's more than a lifestyle. Well, it actually is. It's a, actually a lifestyle. Because when you get into it, you don't leave it. Uh, some things that we like that were canon or not canon. But whatever. Today I have Brian with me. And we're going to talk about some video games. Star Wars has been influential in everyone's life. And um, quick disclaimer, I'm going to put in here real quick. And this is for everybody, all of us from 36 to 52. I understand some people had the Star Wars on Atari. People had it on the Game Gear, Genesis, and Super Nintendo. Um, we're going to talk about the PC era of Star Wars and some of the, the, the games. But uh, I'm going to exclude from this because one thing that was was a disservice in the Star Wars games, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, was when the re-release of the Super Star Wars and the different things that JVC made prior uh, that got released on the Vita and stuff like that, you lose a little bit of gameplay. Different controllers, different modes, keyboard to mouse. It's so many different interactions that you can have playing a Star Wars game. So real quick, uh, amazing shameless plug. Let me throw it back over to Brian real fast. Brian, please introduce yourself. Tell us about your podcast and do some shameless plugging for your podcast. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. No, uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, like I said, my name's uh, Brian. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Uh, my whole life, I was born in uh, 1981, so I was, you know, just just a little bit too young to miss that original release of Star Wars. But I had an older brother um, who's into Star Wars, so I got like into it like from a super early age. And like you said, yeah, it's like consumed my life for sure so i've uh, been a huge fan of that and then uh you know got into got into into podcasting i love uh, movies um and i love uh you know like craft cocktails and stuff so my friend michaela and i started drink movies podcast which is a, a movie and like cocktail that's kind of tied into the movie either you know on screen or, or something that's uh you know kind of uh you know, created from like the, the way that the movie makes you feel. And that's called uh, drink the movies. Uh, so that's really fun. We've been going that uh, we're almost to 70 episodes on that one. And then the other podcast, uh, which is a more star Wars centric one, like you said, Knights of the old Republic. We really kind of dive into that, the old Republic timeline. Uh, that's the old Republic podcast. I joined up with uh, Cassia doing that one in uh, late March of last year. So almost a year I've been on that one. Uh, now doing that with her and uh yeah that's a that's a ton of fun we talk about we talk about the game we talk about if we wanted to turn it into a movie what that would look like you know kind of different aspects of that and then you know just more of like general star wars like news and reviews and you know talking about the tv shows all that all that good stuff so we kind of jump all over the place there so if you're into star wars check that out and if you're into movies check out drink the movies and yeah we have a uh, we have a good time so okay now i'm gonna go back in time real quick guys uh with this and audience, Star Wars Arcade. They came out, I don't know, like 93, 94, something like that. That was mm -hmm. my that was my first initial outside the box experience with Star Wars. Like that one was amazing. I think it came out on the consoles, but I, that was the first Star Wars experience that I had as a child that I vaguely well now I remember. Like you can still find that display in certain places. Certain Dave and Buster still have it. Um mm -hmm. 
So that was my first experience there. But Brian, please dive into your experiences with Star Wars video games. Yeah, so so I remember that one. The one you're talking about, I think, was like the, the Star Wars trilogy arcade. Um, mm-hmm. And they had like the, the big awesome like sit down cabinets and stuff. But I, I remember like um, there was like a skating rink by our house and we would always go there for uh, like like field trips and like birthday parties and stuff. And they had like the old, like the, like the vector graphics, uh, Star Wars arcade uh, machine where you're just doing like the trench run, like over and over. So I remember that, like growing up, um, you know, some memories of that. I remember um, we had like the original Nintendo. So my mom would always stop and uh, either rent movies for us. So getting Star Wars in that way, or they had Nintendo games you could rent. So I played like the uh, Nintendo Star Wars games. I was terrible at them. Those games are brutally hard. Uh, I don't I don't know. I could I could never get into those. But really, my big um, kind of introduction into Star Wars video games, I got my first like 486 computer. I don't I don't know. I was probably like 13 ish years old. Uh, and what do you get for Windows 95? You get all those classic uh, LucasArts games. So you had like like X-Wing and TIE Fighter. Uh, you had Rebel Assault, uh, which was amazing. I loved Rebel Assault. It was this, it was a live action um, uh, game, right? So like full motion video. Uh, this was like, this was like the first time you were like actually seeing Star Wars, like in my lifetime, because I, I was too, I was too young to remember Return of the Jedi, right? That came out like when I would have been like two years old. So this was the first time of seeing like, like real live actual Star Wars other than, you know, just reading the books and uh, stuff like that. So I, I love that. That was right in my wheelhouse. I love it so much. Um, I have a Steam Deck in order and I got it basically so I could get a uh, Rebel Assault and, and play that for sure. All right. And the thing about that with Rebel Assault and uh, the games that follow with that, it, like you said, it was a different experience for us. Because it was mm-hmm. our experience. Um, and I remember, uh, what was the strategy game? Star Wars Empire at War. I don't know if you ever played that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was one that got me. But uh, TIE Fighter, and then we'll go into the, the Jedi Knight games. Because I know you have experience with those. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, TIE Fighter was the one that did it for me. And, and I'll say Dark Forces, yeah. It was something about, like you said, that aesthetic of it being for us. And I think mm-hmm. the one that we probably won't talk too much about, Shadows of the Empire probably did that for me. Okay. Um, before we go in depth, because it was a totally, it was not canon. It was a whole new story. I had, at that age, let's see, 1996 or 97, I don't know, I was like 10 maybe. Steve Perry mm-hmm. wrote that book. And I even yeah. read, I, and I know you probably were just like I was, I read the books too, because it was just like, I had a good imagination. Star Wars always brought a, a good imagination uh, period for me. So, uh, What's the next game in your catalog that was part of your experience? Yeah, so so I had those video games. Um, I had uh, like like Yoda stories, and yes. then you know it was uh, you know it was going into like uh, you got into that like where the where the consoles like started to be more of like computers, right? So you had the Nintendo sixty four, you had the PlayStation. Uh, so, so then you had stuff coming out, yeah, like Shadows of the Empire, um, the you know, the trilogy arcade. Uh, coming out all that stuff I remember like that fighting game like Masters of Terrace Kasi I never yes. had that I had like but they used to like like the original PlayStation like back then it was so awesome you get like the demo discs so you could just like play like you know had like a couple of the fighters so I remember like uh you know getting into that and yeah just all like like the Jedi Outcast stuff it was it was also cool and then you know it kind of it kind of tied you over and then once episode one came out 
it was like like all bets were off it was just like a flood of star wars stuff coming in you had like racer you had the episode one like game uh, which i had on playstation um it, looking back on it that game not that great but it was so much fun you, you didn't even care if it was good or not because it was just more star wars it was in your living room it was great yes it was and then we came to a period like 2000, 2001, when Star Wars gaming changed. Bioware was uh, hired in to make mm-hmm. Knights of the Old Republic. Whew. Now, here's my story with Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, everyone had it on Xbox. If you're a Star Wars fan, you bought an Xbox probably just for that. The sequel, True, yeah. the sequel people will say what they want about it. And uh, we'll go into the sequel in just a second. Mm. Knights of the Old Republic. I'm going to go past and then go into the future if you don't care real fast. Sure, yeah. All right, so Xbox, it was amazing. I've probably put in 200 hours. I like the idea of the dark side and the light side. Um, Inside Star Wars, it made me feel like I was truly a part of Star Wars. Like it, mm. And I don't know how it made you feel, but I just remember the choices I made. I wanted to be a bad guy. That's okay. What, you know, I wanted <laughs> to be with the Sith, you know? So... I made choices that way and it had great replay value. That's why I said 200 hours because I would go mm-hmm. back and play to make different choices because you, that's one game that you can, to me, it has one of the greatest replay values of any game because you can go back to it even now. Mm-hmm. Now, fast oh, forward, sure. Yeah. Fast forward in the future. I made a mistake. I'm not going to sit here and lie to any of you guys. <laughs> I went out here and I'm, I'm a Apple guy. So I love the iPad. Mm-hmm. I got Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic on that. And my son was three years old and I had bought him an iPad. He sat there with me, even though it was touchscreen. And that was a long process. A lot of hand <laughs> movement. Sure. We both sat there and we beat that game in like 45, 50 hours. Nice. And from that point, I was hooked on, we can play Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic on anything. I put it on my Android. I had it on my iPhone. Periods of life have been spent more more time of my life has been spent with Knights of the Old Republic. I don't know about you, so let's get into your story, Brian, about Knights of the Old Republic. Okay, yeah. So, so Knights of the Old Republic. Um, yeah. So this game came out in two thousand and three. I was in I was in college, so I was going. I was. It came out. I I want to say it was like November of two thousand three. So I was like midway through my senior year. Like I'm buckling down. Uh, working on graduating. Now I'd never been an Xbox guy. I had a PlayStation too. So. I, it, it wasn't in the cards. I was, I was a starving college student. So I was like, okay, so I, I graduate, I get my first job. Um, and then it's time. And I remember exactly. I bought a refurbished Xbox bundle from GameStop <laughs> and it came with, it came with the original halo, of course, cause you had to get that if you got Xbox basically and Knights of the old Republic. So I played it. Um, it was about six months after it came out, but I remember like reading about it so much early 2000s that was like the internet was just getting started so we had message boards and you could go to like the websites and all this stuff so I was, I was reading about this game all the time I wanted it so bad I just I you know it just was not financially in the cards so I, had, I had to wait a few months for it but I got it and I played it and I loved it so much because you're going into the Star Wars world that you know people that people that love Star Wars love this world you love learning about it you love learning about the characters where they come from all their backstories but now you're actually playing that story and you can, and you're playing it more or less as yourself. Um, you know, the pro, the protagonist in the game is it, kind of a blank slate, so it's very easy to, you know, kind of identify yourself in that. And you really just get to explore being in Star Wars, and that was the first time that you ever got to do it, kind of on that depth. And then the story is so great. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was just it 
yeah, it just blew me, blew me away. And obviously, you know, I'm doing a podcast about it here, you know, 20 years after, after the fact, you know, cause it really just uh, sticks with you. And there's so many people that just hold it near and dear, but yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was crazy playing that thing on the original Xbox, just, you know, pouring hours into it, like every night when I, when I first got it, getting through it and then playing it again. And like you said, I mean, you can, you have all the different choices, but then you also have all the different companions. So the story, you get all sorts of different, like story dialogue and story beats, depending on who you're taking out with you. It's just awesome. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was, that was kind of like the, you know, I, you playing rebel assault and stuff that that's awesome. You're climbing this mountain and then you, and then for me, at least you get kind of like the top of the mountain there with, uh, with KOTOR. Yeah. Like, KOTOR is just something about it. Like, I, I don't know. I don't want to, like, fanboy about it all the time. But, like, I just remember, and I'll give you all a quick experience. Like, I'm a console guy. I got into Steam and PC stuff a little bit later, a little too late. Mm-hmm. I, think. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I really bought a, a gaming computer up until maybe, like, four or five years ago. So, I, okay. got the, I, I kind of feel like I got the greater the back catalog later. Um, what happened was, was there was a jump from Rebel Assault 2. Which there's a time between them, probably about a good five years. But Rebel Assault mm-hmm. 2 was kind of like my last Star Wars experience that I really can remember because I had it on PlayStation. So that was my console experience. And from that to um, KOTOR, that was just was just amazing. Um, and real quick, going back into the Jedi Knight series. The Jedi Knight series, that was my PC experience. Uh, okay. He- he- heavily. Because there were expansions to it. That series alone, Jedi Knight, it changed the way I felt about uh, first-person and third-person games because of how you could switch back and forth and um, Outcast. Mm-hmm. And Outcast, you know, I ended up having that on consoles because I had a GameCube. But as a PC experience, it was amazing. And then obviously as a re-release, I've gotten it now. Um, that's the only thing I haven't opened because I was kind of like, I need to wait. Jedi Knight Academy? Jump, I mean, yeah, Jedi Knight Academy, I jump right into that. No issue. Mm. And um, I want to think outside of that, was there anything major? You know, there was Knights of the Republic, uh, Knights of the Republic 2, and then there was the greatest thing, the Old Republic. Did you play the Old Republic? Uh, so, so I've not uh, gotten into uh, the, the Star Wars The Old Republic. I've not gotten into it. I actually just downloaded it the other day because I was intending, I was intending to play it. I'm not sure how it's going to play on my computer. Um, like I mentioned, I have the, I have the Steam Deck on order, so I'm probably going to going to wait for that. But I know people really love it, um, so I'm I'm excited to get in and dig around with it. There was another um, MMORPG that Star Wars did, and it was I don't even, I don't even remember what it was called. It was called like Galaxies or something. It had yeah. kind of a short life, but then but then this this came along. You know, done by Bioware. Um, at the time, at least, it was the most expensive like massive, you know, MMORPG uh, ever made. But yeah, I never, I never really got into it just in that particular time of my life, but I'm, I'm really interested to kind of dig into it and to learn those stories and see what the hype's all about. Um, you know, just cause I really like that, that time period of Star Wars. So it's definitely something uh, that I need to get into. All right. So I want to ask you is who is your favorite character in Knights of the Old Republic? Oh man. Oh man. So uh, on, on Instagram, my, my, uh, my username is Astrodroid because R2D2 has always been my favorite character. So I have, I have a soft spot for, for T3, but, oh man, I, there, there are so many good ones. If I had to pick one, I would probably pick Jolie Bindo as my favorite character um, okay. from Knights of the Old Republic. Um, he's, he's kind of, he's kind of like that, like Ahsoka kind of figure, you know, kind of like this gray Jedi, um, you know, he's, he's stepped out of the order, but, you know, still has, you know, still can use the force still is, you know, 
on the on the side of good, but you know, it kind of kind of in that gray area a little bit. He's not quite as dogmatic as the as the Jedi. So I really like the character, uh, Jolie Bindo. Um, he's never was my favorite, like the first couple of times, you know, playing it through on the Xbox. But you know, my more recent playthroughs here, now that I've gotten it on Steam, uh, I I really like taking him along and and kind of getting uh, his story beats. So I think I think if I had to pick one, I think Jolie is is who I'm going with. Okay, and with that, like like you said, that experience on the PC. If you, and I want to say this to the audience, if you are a gamer, I don't care if it's console or PC, please take the time and actually try this on PC because mm-hmm. it's a major difference. And I do have to tell a quick sad story. Um, I was a Windows guy for quite some time. So using, and that's not the sad part of the story. Windows computers <laughs> are built, or gaming computers, anything Mac, and I'm going to say this against my good judgment, Macs are not built for gaming. Not whatsoever. So I had the original MacBook laptop and I had Knights of the Old Republic running through Steam, had my Steel Series controller, and then uh, I got slapped in the face by one of my college uh, roommates and he said, keyboard and mouse. And he taught me how to just, you know, it's a certain way you have to maneuver. It's about like mm-hmm. riding riding a bike or driving a car. If you don't know how to, to use your keyboard properly or mouse, you'll fall by the wayside. So definitely anybody that, that uh, wants a great experience, Definitely get a Windows-based uh, computer and jump into this game. Uh, for the newer generation, I know most people have probably just played it on their iPhone or something, mm-hmm. something like that. But it's still an amazing game. The touch-sensitive deal uh, is great. So let's go into uh, the hardest part of the Knights of the Republic, the second game. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. The Sith Lords. The problem with this game, in my opinion, and I'd love to get yours on this, Brian, is this. I love the game. Mm-hmm. When I played it on PC and I got the mods and different things and how the story was rewritten, it made me love that game even more. As a test of time, I truly don't believe it holds up against the original. So I never say anything bad about it. I just say that the first one set a precedent. Second one kept the bar going. And then we'll go into later games later, but it just when you compare both of them, the first one just shines for me. What about you? Yeah, yeah, I, that that's fair. I, I mean, especially like coming off of you know the original one, uh, two thousand three, the second one, two thousand five. You have a different studio making it. Um, it and Knights of the Old Republic. You know the the first game was so beloved, and all of those characters were so beloved. So then you get into the second one and it's a whole new cast of characters. They kind of, they kind of tie them back in a little bit, but I think that that was a big difference for people. Um, the story was way more like philosophical and deep. It wasn't like as, you know, kind of a, kind of a linear, like hero's journey kind of a thing. So I think especially like if you were, if you were younger, I mean, I would have been in my early twenties, but you know, definitely if you're any younger than that, then I think a lot of that's probably lost on you. So then you just, you kind of latch even more onto the original Knights of the Old Republic. Um, that being said, I, I love Knights of the Old Republic too, but yeah, I mean, if I, if I had to pick one of the two, then yeah, the, the first KOTOR, uh, hands down, I think, but yeah, I think it, it was just a, it was just a different kind of game and it was a little jarring, you know, coming right off of, of that one. You wanted to, you know, keep going with those same characters and explore more of the story. And it was just, you know, like I said, a, a different cast of characters, a whole different thing. So um, yeah, it's it's still worth still worth your time to play, but, but yeah, def- definitely different. So yeah, and, and nothing against Obsidian or anything like that. 
great uh, studio mm-hmm. later on in life. Um, the company that does the remakes of these games now kind of, you know, mm-hmm. they, they keep things fairly tight on those. Um, so we go into the next series, and this next series is something that I think brought a lot of people into Star Wars in this newer generation, the Battlefront games. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with those? Um, oh, yeah, for, for sure, for sure, yeah. Yeah, and the Battlefront games I'm talking about are 2004, 2005. Star mm-hmm. Wars Battlefront, the first one was R8. And this is where I go a little different. But Star Wars Battlefront 2, my lord, even to this day, <laughs> I I have a soft spot for that. Uh, oh, yeah. More characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, matchups that you would never have had if it wasn't for this game. Battlefront 1 was great, but Battlefront 2 just set, set a mode for me, and I was like, man, I gotta stick with this, gotta stick with this. Bought a PlayStation Portable just to play the portable version, so Battlefront was great. Uh, that running around, battling type stuff, that stuff works in those mm-hmm. environments. So what was your experience like with Battlefront? Yeah, so, um, yeah, like I mentioned, I had, I had the PlayStation 2. I didn't have the the Xbox. So I was I was playing these ones on PlayStation 2. Um, I really like more of that. I've I've never been a huge fan of like first person shooters, but I kind of like this. Um, these games were like that third person kind of perspective, um, you know, in behind the characters. So that was fun. They had fun stories and the locations were really cool. The gameplay was really great. But what my big memory of that of this game is it had awesome like couch co-op. Yes. mode and you could play you could play with play with a friend and play through like these different missions and stuff and that was just a blast we we played the heck out of uh battlefront 2 uh yeah 2005 version uh it <laughs> i loved it loved it so much it was great yeah and, and i like the first one because you know most times with star wars it's the first one that, that sits and sets the precedent that second one mm. put, put me in a mode that i liked it now battlefront 2015 <laughs> mm-hmm. I was expecting it to be Battlefront 2 from the original PlayStation 2 and Xbox. It wasn't. I wasn't upset with it, but I just felt like there could have been more. We had better mm-hmm. technology, so much more. The environments, amazing. Environments, I will not take away from it. The second one that came out, once again, the second one I fell in love with because storyline, just how it played mm-hmm. out, that one worked out, and the characters on that one were just there for me. What was your experience with the newer one? Yeah, so I was uh, like you. I was super excited when when they announced the new ones. When the when the new one came out, uh, was it uh, 2015? Is that right? When the mm-hmm. the that first one came out, um, I went out. I bought it the day that it came out. Um, I'm putting it in. It's like installing, you know, onto the onto the PlayStation Four. I'm watching. I've got a projector set up, and I'm just watching. The loading screen was amazing because it's just R2D2 like rolling around. It yeah. looks like so. It looks unbelievably good. Um, whether, whether you like these games or not, they look spectacular. They're, they're beautiful to look at. Um, but I get it. I, I fire it up and it's, it's just online, you know, just these online battle things. And that's not really my kind of game. So I played it a little bit just, just to kind of look at it, but I probably logged like less than five or six hours playing that one. So I was really hesitant when battlefront, the second battlefront came out from EA. Um, I was like, well, they, they added the story mode. Um, and that's what I was you know, like to like to play if I'm going to do a first person shooter, if I can play like a story mode, that's that's cool. And of course, you know, I like to get Star Wars stories. So, so I'm like, well, I'll get it. And then they had, you know, all that fiasco with like the loot boxes or the, yeah. you know, to to do that at, at first. I was like, oh, man, I, I really don't know. I don't know if I can justify buying this. But I ended up I, I picked it up 
um, you know, a couple months after it, it came out. Um, and I, the online stuff, I, and I see a lot of people do it, playing it online um, and stuff, you know, you know, people that I'm friends with on, you know, through Instagram or whatever, and they seem to really like it. That's, that's just not for me, but I really like the story mode of this yes. game. Um, I was, was really cool. The story was cool. Uh, the settings were, were really fun and you got to be like this whole like cast of characters, you know, some were new, some were old, um, this, this whole thing. So yeah, a, a battlefront too, it kind of, it kind of came in and, uh, you know, it, it did the job it, it should have done in the, in the first place, but yeah, I had a lot of fun with battlefront too. I, I like those characters a lot. So audience, we're both seeing here about both battlefront twos in the two different eras. <laughs> That's go with the, right. Go, yeah. <laughs> go with the second one minus the, the transactions. And um, one I skipped over because this is this series is like it's not canon. Um, the Force Unleashed. Mm, For some, mm-hmm. some re- I don't I don't know how deep you got into those, and I will be getting deeper into those because those uh, will be re-released on the Nintendo Switch. So that's one thing that grabbed me. The Force Unleashed with uh, Darth Vader, being able to play the extra content with him, uh, to get a different aspect like. To get back into the actual Star Wars movie uh, canon, but something outside of it. I'm always interested in how they dive and do these things and how they choose who can do this stuff. And obviously, these games of Force Unleashed is before the Disney takeover. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know what Star Wars, what Lucasfilm was doing at the time, but it seemed like they were kind of like just giving the, uh, or LucasArts was giving the license to who, whoever. THQ did a good job on the first one, I believe. Mm-hmm. The second one was my favorite because of the DLC and everything you could do with it. Because I spent some money in that one. Um, what, were okay. your thought, what were your thoughts on the Force Unleashed? Did you get a chance to play those? Um, I I did get a chance to play those. I didn't get into them um, as much as I had some of the others. Um, I'd moved out of the out of the country for my wife's work, so I was kind of like my gaming got put on hold there for a couple of years, right when those came out. But I did I did play them. There were a lot of there were a lot of fun. You got to like unlock all of these cor- crazy um like force powers and stuff yeah i remember that was that was just like an absolute blast like you could just go like on like beast mode with your with your guy which which was a ton of fun so i'm really excited because i know those are coming to the switch here not too much longer i think right in april or something i think so yes um yeah so i'm definitely excited to to pick those up for the switch and you know get back into those and play through those stories and spend a little bit more time you know diving into into those characters and and things like you said it kind of it was at that weird kind of like time period where like, like Lucasfilm, LucasArts had kind of, is is right before the sale. So like there was stuff that was just kind of, kind of in limbo and stuff, you know, coming out or not coming out and stuff was getting canceled and, and things, I guess, while they were trying to, you know, figure out where all these pieces were going to land. But uh, yeah, that one, that one slipped through the cracks a little bit for me, but I remember it was a ton of fun and I'm excited to play it again here in a couple months. And um, the other thing inside this universe that kind of got me, We'll talk about Republic Commando in just a moment. There was quite a few games that I did not play. One mm. one that slipped through the crack, and I will have to, uh, I'm going to have to buy it on PlayStation 4 or 5, whatever. Star Wars Bounty Hunter. I never played that. Did you ever have mm. any? No, I, I never I never uh, got into that one um, at all, other than I've watched a little bit of gameplay online. But yeah, I never never uh got into bounty hunter um that's that's another one people people really seem to like um i've heard that it's very hard um and now that i'm older i'm like ah you know if a game's too hard i'm like nope easy mode or, or yeah, like, mode, so i'll have to i'll have to check it out for sure yeah and, and just finding out that it's released on playstation i was like yeah because that, that was when i skipped through the gamecube 
because the Rogue Squadron games was a Nintendo thing for a long time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the, those games were set. I, I'm not going to even talk about them because anybody that's played any type of experience like that, you know what Rogue Squadron is about. So those games mm-hmm. set, set along on another side, the original 64 version. Um, probably the best game on Nintendo 64, to be honest. No, oh, reason, yeah. no reason to go back and revisit it because we'll have it on the Switch in another two years. And- and it was a it was a launch title if I if I recall back on the Nintendo yeah, 64. I believe so. Um, that one was a good one. But yeah, that bounty hunter I skipped that, and I'm trying to think of anything else that was, you know, the Oculus Rift stuff like that. I didn't do that. Star Wars. Oh, okay. Jedi, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, that's the next thing. Mm-hmm. I, play, I played that. Did you Did you enjoy that? Oh yeah, that one. Um, yeah, that game's that game's great, and that's more up my alley. So. Um, you know, kind of aside from the Star Wars stuff, one of the big things that LucasArts did, um, you know, especially back in like the late 80s and into the 90s, um, were like those point and click adventure games. And yes. I loved those, the the LucasArts one, um, like Full Throttle, Grim Fandango, um, the Monkey Island games. Those are like some of my favorite just video games of all time. Um, so I'm, I'm more inclined to like kind of more story driven uh, kind of actiony puzzle type things. So, you know, when we get Jedi Fallen Order and I'm like, oh, okay, this is like, you know, like Uncharted or something, but it's Star Wars. Uh, sign me up for that because that sounds amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, the story is fantastic. It looks beautiful. Um, I just recently, I, I got a PlayStation 5. So you can, if you had it, you get the free like uh, like graphical like update to it. So I just have started playing back through it. I'm about maybe 10 hours or so uh, into it. I've been playing it very uh, slowly on my uh, very, very small up and coming uh, Twitch channel. But um, okay. yeah, just getting back into that. It's uh, it, I love that game. It's so much fun. And just getting that story again and spending a little bit more time now that I've, I kind of know like what the, what the story beats are. So I can, you know, try to track down some more of the hidden stuff and, you know, cross stuff off the journal. That's pretty fun. So. And that's one thing with that one, like I said, currently right now, that's that's the best Star Wars game I think that's out. Um, mm. And we're about to dive into one game that I was highly disappointed in. And I, I don't know, because like I said, I'm an Nintendo 64 guy. And I played Rogue Squadron. I know what it's like mm. being an X-Wing, Y-Wing, different things like that over a period of time. And I will tell anyone this real quick, uh, just as a quick disclaimer. If you have a chance to get an Nintendo GameCube just for any reason, the Rogue Squadron that was out on that, I think it was Rogue, mm. Leader, Rogue Leader or something like that. Probably the best one you'll ever play. So, And I don't see that ever being re-released or anything like that. Um, mm. There's some good ones to get into. But the one we're about to talk about is Star Wars Squadrons. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I've got to be 100% honest with you on this one. I waited and I didn't buy it. I waited, okay. a, long, I waited a long time. Uh, with a job I do, everybody knows I run around Walmarts across the country. Mm. I found it at a really deep discount and I bought it. And I played it, and it was worth what I paid for it. Yeah. Um, it, I think this, I think Electronic uh, Arts or EA had a lot on their plate when they were doing uh, Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. You have different studios working on things, but I don't believe the creative direction was really taken in part with this one. Like I said, if you're an old school from the Rogue Squadron thing, you expect a little more. And that's all I'm going to say on it. It's not a bad game. It's, <laughs> sure. just, it's just not going to be something. If you can buy it now at the price that you can get it at, it's a good buy. But yeah, yeah, you can you can always find a good deal on it. Um, I actually did. I bought this. I think 
you know, right around launch time, I just, uh, you know, bought it uh, digitally and had it. Um, and, and it's, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not super into like space combat, um, type of things or like flying combat games. I'm really terrible at them, uh, which is, which is partially why I, I don't like them. Um, yeah, the, the stories, uh, it's not my favorite it's, and it looks weird. And I think it's because it was kind of like this, like partial, like, console game slash partial like they really wanted people to use the playstation vr for it so if you're not doing that then it just kind of looks weird and you're just you know scrolling around this room um so that's that's kind of i don't know something but if, if you like those kind of games now especially you can like you said you can get it you know for i don't know probably less than ten dollars most days if you yes. if you're really if you're really looking for it um it's it's fine for that price and i think like when it first came out i think it was still kind of budget i think it was only like thirty dollars so so at least you know didn't didn't waste a, a bunch of money on it, but but not my favorite, uh, not not the worst. Like it, it 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 was it was okay. I wasn't in love with it. Um, I've tried. I've still not finished like the the story mode on it. <laughs> I've started I've started it a couple of times, and and I think that that's probably not very good because I think the story is probably only like three hours long, maybe something like that. So yeah, so it's very underwhelming. And uh, on a side note, there's a lot of canceled games. There's so many canceled games that it doesn't make sense. Um, mm. We're going we're gonna to definitely get a remake of Knights of the Old Republic, which is going to be amazing. But there's one game that will stay in infamy, like that people that we talk about in circles. Star Wars mm. 1313. 1313, yeah. Because you get storyboards all the time about it. It seemed like it yeah. was supposed to be the savior or the greatest game ever. There were, yeah, there were storyboards, there were animatics, there were articles about it. I I think there were advertisements for it. Um like this, if this thing was gonna, it was gonna blow people away, and then just, just nothing. It was just, it just went crickets on it, right? They just, it just, it got dropped so fast and so hard, and I don't know. Like now, it's almost like this, like mythological thing, right? Yes. Like, like if, like if they ever were to to revive this thing, bring it back from the dead, and release it, everyone would hate it because now at this point we've built it up to be this like next level thing. It, it could never live up to the hype. But yeah, this thing was supposed to be just just massive everyone wanted it it was coming out it looked amazing it sounded amazing and and yeah and then it just it vanished from the face of the earth yeah and i think that's the one that everyone talks about like that one um not so much about the force unleashed three um the whole deal with that was thq went under and mm-hmm. at that time you know during the transition of disney fully taking over and building up their own uh licensing agreements star wars was kind of in limbo after 2015, basically, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then once everything got settled with EA, we got some games and we, we're still getting some quality stuff like the Fallen Order. So, Brian, it comes a point in our episode because we've talked about a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that Knights of the Republic is probably the most impactful game for both of us. We can agree with that hands down. Sure. Oh, yeah. What is your number two game? And the reason I ask you this, I'm going to put some filler in here real quick so that you can get everything formulated. Okay. Um, we could make a top 10 list all day long. But mm. I have a personal go-to that I play after uh, I play KOTOR. And mm. I sometimes have to pick a different system to play it on. It's not necessarily, I mean, I can play it on PC if I want. But, you know, I'm mm. guess, so sometimes I have certain consoles and different things I'll play it on. But right. what is your number two game? Oh, man. You're, put, you're putting me on the spot. That is, that is really tough. That is really tough. 
Um, so <laughs> part of me wants to take the easy answer and say, of course, it's Knights of the Old Republic 2, right? It's the, it's the sequel to <laughs> one of the greatest video games of all time. It has to be that. Um, and then another part of me wants to say it's, you know, Rebel Assault because that has so much nostalgia for me. Um, and, you know, it's, that was at, at the part of my life where I was really getting into big into like computer games and stuff like that. But I think if I, if I had to just pick what my second favorite one is, I think on story and gameplay um, and just the way that I like to play video games and consume video game stories, it's probably Jedi Fallen Order. It, that's okay. probably my second favorite game. Yeah. And mine will throw you for a twist. I don't care too much for first person shooters. Mm-hmm. My, my number two is Republic Commando. Okay. And here's my reason why. Because I was kind of in that Halo type deal. Mm-hmm. And, and like and it had a Halo feel to it, but it was Star Wars. And having it now on the Switch makes it easier, you know, when I want to play it. So that is my go-to. Like I can jump into that because it's, okay, I mean it's decent and all, not so much story driven there, but it's kind of mm-hmm. mindless and it gives me like a good experience. And uh, there's it's still a network of people that are playing it online. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Just as my quick go-to if I'm at a hotel or something like that. Because right, everything, okay. every, everything with Star Wars is driven. So that's my number two. And uh, on top of that, I want to thank you for coming on West Virginia and Commonplace and doing this with me. Because we've talked about it for a little bit here and there. It originally mm-hmm. started yeah. off as the Shadows of the Empire. And then it went further than that. And I'll definitely have to have you back on for uh, some more detailed stuff that we can go into about these games. Yeah, um, definitely. So um, both of us as uh, podcasters and as a Star Wars journalist, well, you're more Star Wars journalist than I am. What has been, and this is the hard one, this is my 2020 question. This is my Diane Sawyer, Barbara Ball. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. What has been the most disappointing game inside the Star Wars series? And the reason I ask this is because I have a game that is an utmost disappointment to me. Um, okay. And the reason that this game was a disappointment to me was that it always follows, and I've already spoke about it, it always seems like with these games, it's a Battlefront game. Mm-hmm. The second one's always better, and it's like, they can't <laughs> right. learn They can't learn from this. So obviously, Battlefront 2 on the original series, like it did everything I needed it to do. Mm-hmm. First one was a disappointment to me after I played the second one. Before it wasn't, because I was all happy to have it. <laughs> right. But it seemed like in that era of games, and that's even playing Battlefront on the PC. Like playing the second one on the PC is like it's just like icing on a cake. I'll mm. go back and play it to this day. But the first one, after having the second one, that's the only reason I can feel this way. I feel like the first one was rushed and it just I mean, I understand it's a precedent, but the second one got everything right. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, my biggest my biggest Star Wars miss. Yeah, it's probably it's probably the 2015 Battlefront. Um, we've been waiting a long time for a really good uh, Star Wars video game. Um, I mean, you have two of the, the largest entertainment companies in the world, you know, between uh, Lucasfilm and EA uh, making this thing. And it, it should have been incredible. And then it, it kind of fell flat. You know, for me, I know it still had its fans. But yeah, it was, it was something I'd waited a long time for. Like I said, I bought it day one and then I, I barely played it. Um, my favorite part of the game, like I said, was watching R2 roll around while it's installed on my <laughs> on my PlayStation. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the big miss for me. Okay, and I can wholeheartedly agree with that. It's something about those first Battlefronts, either here, mm-hmm. just missing something there. And um, I'd like to get your perspective, opinion on this. 
Okay. Do you, do you feel like we're going to get a Battlefront three? Um, as of right now, they they say that it's shelved. Um, here's here's what here's what I think. I think we're going to get another Battlefront game, but I don't think it's going to be Battlefront three. It's just going to be they're just going to call it Battlefront again. They're just going to start over again. They're going to give it five or six years off, and then they'll come back with something else. Right. And I say as a whole, I love Electronic Arts, but man, I would love. Well, not Activision can't do it now, but I would love just for another studio to get involved with these games. Because, mm. uh, you know, going with the Jedi Knight stuff, you know, that was Activision stuff. So mm. it, it, it went pretty well, you know. It could, it, it could pass back and forth. And I mean, they could even do something like with the Call of Duty is what that goes back and forth between between the two studios. So I think um, maybe they could do something like that and that'll keep it fresh and keep them, you know, trying to, compete with each other because i think that's the that's the big problem right ea was the sole licensee of star wars games so they didn't really have any reason to make games better than they they needed to like they didn't have you know someone else making a game and then be like oh ea's game's terrible and their game is great so you know i think a little bit of competition um and i think we're going to start seeing that here now that the lucasfilm games is kind of getting getting up and running and we'll start seeing some more stuff coming out Oh, and we didn't even talk about Lego Star Wars coming out oh, April Lord. April fifth. Oh man, I can't wait for that. It's been it's been delayed for so long. I thought it was never coming out, but it's a. I have it on pre order. I'm ready to go. I can't wait for that. Uh, yeah, I can't believe we didn't talk about Lego Star Wars because that was that right there was inspirational because like it seemed like they dropped those on every console, um, mm-hmm. and they're all popular. There's there, there's no complaints in those games because those games are built for fun. Yeah, yeah, just they, fun. Yeah. And they make the environment great for children to get involved. Um, and mm. at some point, I'll definitely love to have you back on because we'll be able to talk about all the different things. Uh, uh, I know I would love, would like to talk to you about Admiral Thrawn sometime because there's things with him from, <laughs> from the books to now. Like, I, yeah. I just I, one thing I'll say, and this is off topic for anyone, I don't like how Disney dissected certain things that were canon and not canon. Like, mm. We had some good books that should have been made to <laughs> miniseries on on uh, Disney Plus. But anyway, coming back over <laughs> to the game realm, uh, one thing that I do hope uh, does happen with these games, they get a different developer and they get anyone except Square Enix. If Square gets involved with an RPG or Star Wars, it'll end up like the Marvel game and like the Avengers yeah. game and the Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, right. I would just love for Bioware to have a way to just come back and, which they should, that's electronic arts anyway. Mm-hmm. Bioware should be doing, you know, their part. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see some sort of, yeah, like RPG back from them, um, you know, or some sort of, you know, like action adventure RPG kind of a thing, you know, kind of in, you know, in that same vein, you know, well, you had, you had KOTOR went into, into Mass Effect. So, you know, something along those lines or, you know, something in, um, you know, in uh, uh, like Fallout kind of a thing or something, something yeah. like that set, set in Star Wars. That would, that would be really cool. Right. Just something there. And they got BioWare just going to waste. So yep. Brian, I want to thank you for coming on West Virginia and Commonplace real quick. Could you do a shameless plug, tell everybody where they can meet, greet you and where they can't meet you and greet you. And, uh, we'll end the show on that. 
<laughs> yeah, perfect. Uh, no, thank you so much for having me. This was a ton of fun. Like you said, we've been talking about it for, uh, you know, a couple months now trying to work something out. So glad we finally got to get together. So if you want to, if you want to catch up with me, I'm on Instagram primarily. It's at Astro underscore droid underscore, uh, which is just, it's primarily like a Star Wars uh, type of an Instagram, but you can reach out to me about any of that stuff. And like I mentioned, I just, I just started streaming on Twitch. I'm planning to go through like the LucasArts like catalog. Um, you know, I'm, I'm doing Fallen Order right now and uh, trying to get into that. I've got uh, Republic Commando is uh, is on deck for the for the switch. I'm hoping to do that one next. So uh, that's uh, that's the same username. And then if you want to find either of the podcasts, the uh, drink, the movies and the old Republic podcast can be found, you know, anywhere where you're getting your your podcasts. Uh, you know, so just search for either of those. And I've got links in my Instagram bio for both of those. So uh, check them out. We have a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, hopefully you'll uh, you'll find something good to listen to. So, yeah, thank you again so much for having me on. All right. And once again, audience, uh, after this show, uh, all the information that Brian said there, all my guests I get them to provide that information to me will be amazing in the show notes. Show notes, you'll be able to find him, link up with him, uh, and check on all his endeavors. And like I said, he's going over to Twitch. We'll be over on Twitch. And uh, maybe we can sit in on him playing some Star Wars at some point and uh, yeah. what's going on over there. So once again, this is JR from West Virginia and Commonplace. I want to thank you all for listening. And remember, it's not hard to be a Star Wars fan. It's really hard to keep up with Star Trek.